everybody. Hola, hola a todos. How are you doing today? I hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful week. And I also hope that you are absolutely ready to learn a little bit more of Spanish with Carla. Can you believe this is episode 12 already? OMG. Okay, well, let me tell you that if you want to go back to episode one or you want to uh, go back and listen to something else, uh, you know, another episode from the beginning, please feel free to go to our website, SpanishWithCarla.com, and don't forget, Carla is spelled with the K. Also, uh, we have a Facebook group and page, uh, same name, Spanish with Carla with the K. And if you have any questions, like some that we are going to answer today, you can either post, uh, just make a post on the group. It's not blocked. You can uh, ask questions or you can send me a message, uh, you know, a message through Messenger. And I still, I can see it there too. And that way we can answer questions and you know, resolve any doubts for you or, um, you know, if you want to suggest any topics or any words, any verbs, anything that you say, well, you know what, I think I'm going to need this. So I want you to, to uh, you know, make it part of a podcast. We can do that. Today um, is going to be kind of a uh, divided podcast, right? So we are going to finish the food because I had some people that say, well, let's, I want to learn how to say this, this, and that. So we are going to finish. But majority of people um, on the Facebook group and through Messenger have asked me also very important questions, you know, which is when to use your articles, right? Your definite and definite article, which is, uh, you know, that or A-N, right? And also when to use uh, the I am, which in English is so easy, right? But in Spanish, yo soy, yo estoy. So that there is a dilemma. When am I going to use? So this is going to be the second part of the podcast. Please grab a notepad, open your laptop, your brailler, or whatever you you take notes with so you can actually um, remember. Because I'm going to give you a, a few tips. This is not... Uh, this has a lot of grace in between, right? But I'm going to give you some hints that are going to help you uh, make it easier for you to remember when to use it. Of course, everything comes with practice, right? But we can actually um, find a way to make it um, easier for you to understand and digest the information. That way you can take your decisions, when choices when you are speaking more you know, fluently um, on your cruise or wherever you go. Okay, well, too much blah, blah, blah. Let's go back to foods. Uh, so last week we were talking about, uh, you know, meats and cheese and eggs and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so now what we didn't have time to finish is basically what happened, what you, you accompany your food with, okay? So basically, for example, we have here uh, the dessert, okay? It's the end of your meal. And you want a dessert. I mean, I like my dessert. So we are going to call that postre. Postre. P as in Paul. O as in Oscar. S as in Sam. T as in Tom. R as in Rabbit. E as in Oscar. Postre. Okay, that's your general dessert. Okay? Now... There are so many, okay, different types of desserts in um, in different cultures, you know, Mexican culture or uh, South American culture. There is so much, but I'm going to teach you kind of the more, uh, the more common. Say, for example, cake, right? Cake is said pastel, pastel. P as in Paul, A as in Apple, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, E as in Elephant, L as in Lori. Pastel. Now, that's basically cake. It can be any type of cake. Then we're going to talk about flavors uh, later on. That's going to be, you know, easier. And we're probably going to use the, the fruits and vegetables that we're going to learn how to 
to say today to create, but you uh, probably already say, for example, we learned last week how to say chocolate, right? Chocolate. Okay, so if you remember right, just remember, you first are, are going to talk about the person or the subject, which is pastel. And then we have to say what is the flavor. And for that, we need to use de, which is the as and dog, e as an elephant. That doesn't change, okay? We have been using it for a while. I'm sure you're already familiar with it. So pastel de chocolate, okay? Pastel de chocolate. Now, remember that we talked about, it's been a while, but if you go back to episode, I don't know, maybe around the New Year's or Christmas, Christmas actually it was, I taught her how to say uh, ice cream in Spanish, and I said it was nieve, which is the same word that, that describes snow in Spanish. You say the snow that falls from the sky, nieve, and the ice cream that you eat is the same word, nieve. So you can also say nieve de chocolate, okay, and so on. Just remember that when we're describing, we have to use the word de, de, which okay. If I have to say make an actually more um, specific description, I would say that de means of. Cake made of basically. We don't say made, but it's, it would be like saying cake of. Chocolate, meaning is made of chocolate. You see what I mean? But we just don't use, it's, like I said, like I've said several times, you cannot translate everything literally. You just have to try to translate the idea the best you can. All right? So let's go. We already got dessert. We already have cake. And, of course, postre y pastel. Okay, now this one is going to be really easy for you, especially if you are like Southern, maybe everywhere in the United States. I don't know about Europe. Tortillas. Okay, remember, please, please, I don't want to hear you saying tortillas. Okay, please, 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 with a cherry on top. Tortillas. Remember, T as in Tom, O as in Oscar, R as in Rabbit, T as in Tom. I as an igloo, L as in lorry, L as in lorry, A as an apple, S as in Sam. So when you have the double L, what? It doesn't sound L. It doesn't say A. It sounds J, right? Tortillas. Tortillas. It's not tortillas. It's not tortillas. Tortillas. Now, in this category, we can have corn or flour, okay? I don't think it's very important right now to know because everybody likes flour, so that's the one I'm going to describe. Harina. H as in hotel, A as in apple, R as in Robert, I as in igloo, N as in Nancy, A as in apple. And if you want to be very specific, because there are some people that most people don't like corn tortillas. You want to be very specific that you want your tacos on flour tortillas? Okay, catch this, all right? I'm throwing it to you. Tortillas de harina. Remember, de. You're specifying what they're made of. So then tortillas de harina. That's what you want. So if they ask you, you're in a Mexican restaurant, they don't speak any English, ¿De qué quieres sus tacos? I mean, all you hear is tacos. You, you know what they're asking you, right? What do you want your tacos made on? And they're pointing the tortillas. You just say tortilla de harina. And you get your tacos in the, tor in the uh, tortilla you want them. Also, okay. So if they're asking what do you want in your tacos, ¿De qué quieres sus tacos? You know enough right now to say no puerco. If that's something that you don't eat, like in my case, I would say, no pescado, right? I mean, of course, I can speak Spanish, but if I'm just putting myself on your shoes, right? I would say, no pescado. Why? Because I'm allergic to seafood. Yeah, I know. I'm one of those unlucky ones, allergic to seafood. And I love seafood. That's the worst. Um, but, so you can go and you can say, oh, no puerco or no pollo. See, you see what I mean? For whatever reason you don't eat it, you can say it. All right. So I'm just giving you kind of hints that way you can 
if if it's true that you don't know everything that it is to know, I'm giving you hints so you can use what you know to better serve yourself, you know, better interact with people that that speak Spanish. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm one of those few people that actually love my tacos in a good kind of lightly fried corn tortilla. Just imagine you put that tortilla in a little bit of oil, then you add your pastor or or a steak or chicken, fajita, whatever you want. Then just put some nice, you know, onion and cilantro and a good green salsa. OMG, I'm so hungry, guys. You do not have an idea how hungry I am, actually. So anyways, so corn is very easy. Are you ready? E- okay, well, listen, corn... If you're talking about the corn, the vegetable, and that's the reason why I want to say it, because it can bring confusion. I was just thinking about it. If you're talking about the corn itself, you know what I mean? Like the grains on your plate, right? It's going to be called elote, okay? And that's spelled E as an elephant, L as in lorry, O as in Oscar, T as in tomato, E as an elephant, elote. Okay, it's very common in Latin American countries, and I think actually... Here, too, especially in Texas, there's a lot of places where you can go and buy these, um, you know, you can buy the corn on the cob, and in the Mexican tradition is like in a cup. Uh, a bunch of people in the south of Mexico, they call them skites. I'm not going to spell that for you because that's actually, I think, I want to say that's a Nahuatl word. It's not even in Spanish. I'm not positive. But they're, they're different combinations. They have different stuff. I mean, my favorite has like, you know, like, mayo and and butter and a really spicy sauce that I make and a little bit of lime and you just eat it like that with a spoon. It's really good. So that's your elote. And also if you eat it at a plate with mushed potatoes, right, it's going to be called elote. Now, when we're talking about the tortilla, we call it maíz, okay? And that is more, if you are talking about the plant that produces the corn, Okay, the plant where the, co- the corn comes from, that one is called maize also. So M as in Mary, A as in apple, I with an accent, Z as in zebra. So if you want your tacos on this corn tortilla, you're going to say tortilla de, I didn't hear you, maize. Yep. Okay, so. Now you know how to say tortilla de maíz, and you also know how to say elote, which is like when you're going to eat corn on your plate. What do you want? Mushed potatoes, corn, yeah, papas y elote. Okay, papas. Um, But before, let me not jump more stuff. So the other thing that I wanted to tell you before going to fruit and vegetables is bread, because that's common, you know, to eat with your meal as well. Bread in Spanish is super easy and is pan. P as in Paul, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy. Pan. Easy peasy. Pan. And that covers, if you want to talk about the bread that is sweet, you know, the one that you find in all the Mexican markets, you call them pan dulce. Many people also say pan de dulce. Dulce, remember what I told you dulce means? Dulce means sweet. Okay, so basically that's what you're saying. When you go and buy those breads that have a lot of like sugar on top and they have different names, conchas, campechanas, all that. I mean, we can have 10,000 podcasts about all the different types of <laughs> pan dulce that they have. Only in Mexico, there's a lot. Um, so, but if you want to, if you want to refer to that type of bread, you just say pan dulce and they anybody's going to point you to the bakery where you can find that. Now, your regular bread, Call it, you know, toast or or the one that's called bolillo or the baguette. All that stuff is just grouped as pan, P-A-N, right? And you can have it with your breakfast, with your lunch, you know, whatever, If in substitution for tortillas. Exactly the same way you, you do it in here, okay? Okay, well, now let's start with fruits and vegetables, and that's going to help us make a bunch of different combinations as well. Now, Let's, uh, we're going to do the dilemma. Everybody says that tomato is a fruit. I have it on my vegetables column. Shame on me. Well, so I'm going to show you, I was going to do one fruit, one vegetable, but I'm going to start with tomato. So tomato is easy, similar to English. It said tomate. 
Tomate. T as in tomato, O as in Oscar, M as in Mary, A as in apple, T as in tomato, E as in elephant. Tomate. It's similar. You hear that? Tomato, tomate. So it's kind of similar, just, um, just the difference is the E at the end, right? So tomate, you can use that a lot. For example, remember that we learned last week how to say juice, jugo? Okay, jugo de tomate. Okay, which is kind of like the V8, remember? The one that we buy here. Well, in Mexico, you probably find that freshly squeezed uh, if you go and, you know, because normally, especially on the coast, right? And and I'm sure any or mostly of uh, any Latin American countries because the vegetation is very, um, there's much more and they, most of people have, you know, farms, they pick their stuff. So it probably, you probably have a lot of chances that to go and, and have your own freshly squeezed orange juice, tomato juice, you know, whatever. Okay. So let's go with um, orange since I was talking about it. And that one is also, it's not only the fruit. Okay. It's also a color. All right. So we're getting uh two for one. All right. Naranja. Naranja. N as in Nancy. A as in Apple. R as in Robert. A as in Apple. N as in Nancy. J as in John. A as in Apple. Naranja. Jugo de naranja. Pastel de naranja. Nieve de naranja. You see that? That's the way we are applying the fruit and combining it with different words. Now, also, you can say mi casa or la casa es naranja. Okay, you remember that? I'm trying to mix so you can see how to match the words with all the different things that you have learned so far. Okay? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a curveball. My, okay, mi carro o el carro, el carro es what? Okay, so if you said, we know that carro is masculine and is singular. If you said naranjo, it's wrong. Naranja is one of those colors that does not change. Even if the subject is masculine, naranja is always going to be naranja. El carro es naranja. Okay? Remember, there is a few colors that are going to change. Naranja is not one of them. Okay? So everything that you're talking about color is going to maintain the A at the end, naranja. Good. Okay. So now, um, I'm going to go and talk about another fruit. And that is going to be manzana. Manzana is apple. Okay, manzana. M as in Mary, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, Z as in zebra, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, A as in apple. Manzana, manzana, same thing. Pastel de manzana, jugo de manzana, you know, apple juice, jugo de manzana. So we can have all these different types of combination. You can also eat the manzana by itself, right? Una manzana, dos manzanas, okay? So you can, you can use that. Now, let's, let's go with a vegetable now because I've given you so far only fruits. How about for your tacos, onion? You need to learn how to say onion if you want good tacos, right? Cebolla, okay? C as in cat. E as an elephant, B as in boy, O as an Oscar, L as in lorry, L as in lorry, A as an apple. Did you hear the double L? Cebolla. Cebolla. Um, there is such a thing as sopa de cebolla, right? Like the soup, the French onion soup. So you can say that. I mean, I don't know if anybody would eat. Of course, nobody's going to eat a, a cake with cebolla. Or or a juice, I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't dare to do that. <laughs> but 
you know, it's just cebolla. It's just a very, a vegetable that you use everywhere, you know, different meals, salads, tacos, you know, whatever, you name it. I love cebolla. Okay. So the next one is going to be a very easy one. It's, it's okay. So it's banana in Spanish is plátano. P as in Paul, L as in Lori, A as in apple with an accent, T as in tomato, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar. Plátano. Now, if you actually go and say banana, most of people are going to understand what you mean. It's very common. Now, don't make this mistake. Don't say banano because the banano is uh, these bigger, um, the plantains, right? The one you make those delicious Puerto Rican and Cuban um, dishes with the tostones and all that. So if you say banano, they're going to think you're looking for that. Actually, in Mexico, that type of, of the plantains are called plátano macho which means like, you know what a macho is? Like the masculine, ah, you know what I mean? That's good. So they call it like that, platano macho. So if you say banana, they're going to understand it's the small, the regular, your regular type of banana. But if you say banano, they're going to think you're talking more about plantains. Okay? So that's that's banana, platano. And um, you can also have pastel de platano and also nieve de platano. I don't know about juice. I don't think so. But you can have uh, juice with uh, platano and orange. I've seen that before. Platano y naranja. Jugo de platano y naranja. Okay. So now the other one, you know, the pepper, uh, peppers that you're going to use for your salsas or for whatever in Spanish, they're called chile. And remember that CH is one letter, che. So you have che or C as in cat, H as in hotel, I as in igloo, L as in lorry, E as in elephant, chile. And there is all kinds of different, I wouldn't finish telling you all the different types uh, of, of peppers that we have. I just know that uh, they're very, very well used on the Hispanic culture for cooking, not only to make things spicy, but there's some um, chiles that are not spicy. They're just flavor. Okay, so we'll probably get to that, you know, in the future. But in the meantime, just learn uh, that Chile, some people, especially if you are in a more rural area uh, and they ask you, they want to ask you if you want salsa for your tacos. Many times they don't say salsa. They say, quieres Chile, meaning do you want, it's the salsa, but like I said, some rural areas, they just call it what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, and, um, And they just call it Chile. So if you hear that, you can say, oh, if you like spicy, you can say, oh, yeah, sure. And then give you some salsa for your for your tacos or your plate. Um, the next one, the next fruit that I want to talk about is going to be piña. Piña. Can you guess what that is? I think so. Pineapple. Pineapple. It's much easier to say in Spanish than it is in English. I kept saying when I was learning English, why does this fruit have the name of two fruits? And that was that was my thing. I kept forgetting, you know. So, uh, but in Spanish, it's super easy. P as in Paul, I as in igloo, Eñe, which is, remember the N with the tilde on top, Eñe, A as in apple. Piña. It's not pina, piña. Okay? Pastel de piña, nieve de piña, and one of my favorites, jugo de piña. That one is good. Okay? You, if you haven't tried it, you actually have to try it. That's really good. Okay. Now, the next one is one of my favorite vegetables too. And it's uh, the aguacate. Can you guess what that is? Aguacate is the avocado. Okay. Aguacate. Very good for your tacos too. A as an apple. G as in golf. U as an umbrella. A as an apple. C as in cat. A as an apple. T as in tomato, E as an elephant. Now, I want you to listen and look at this word. So far, we have seen a bunch of words that when we use the, the G, U, and then we have E or I, 
the U doesn't sound, remember? In this case, it will sound because we have an A, okay? So you see, we're not saying agacate, we're saying aguacate because it's a U and then an A as an apple. Aguacate, very delicious. Just add a little bit of salt and pepper and yum. Yeah, one of my favorites. And um, you can say whatever you want, but I have actually tried nieve de aguacate. Nieve de aguacate. If you haven't, if you ever go to the Caribbean, try it. You're going to love it. It is so, you cannot even imagine how delicious that is. Okay? It's really good. Um, now, the next one I want to I wanna teach it because it's very common, you know, which is peach. I didn't say the, the Spanish word because it doesn't sound alike at all. The Spanish word is durazno. A little more complicated, okay? D as in dog, U as an umbrella, R as in Robert, A as in apple, Z as in zebra, N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar. Durazno, durazno. Pastel de durazno. Nieve de durazno. Jugo de durazno. And if you have not tried peach juice, um, there's some really delicious on some of the Mexican brands, or actually not only Mexican, Latin American brands. Um, they're kind of more like a nectar, but they're delicious. It's really good. Okay. Now, the next one is going to be lechuga. Can you guess what that is? That is actually lettuce. So it is L as in Lori, E as in elephant, C as in cat, H as in hotel, U as in umbrella, G as in golf, A as in apple, lechuga. And that means lettuce. That's in general, okay? Um, there is a bunch of, you know, the different names like we do have in here, Romaine, Iceberg, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we have all that too. But let's just focus on lettuce right now, okay? Now, uh, it's very common that when, say, for example, you go for vacations and then you are tired, you went all day walking around, and then you go and take a shower just to go out and have a drink or to go and have dinner or whatever, right? And then you hear very, it's very common to hear fresco como una Lechuga. That means you're fresh as a lettuce, you know, because the lettuce is always kind of cold, kind of, you know what I mean? So that's a very common phrase um, that um, at least in Mexico we use quite a bit. And that means, oh, you look nice and fresh. You know, you're like, like you woke up, basically. You don't look tired anymore. And um, so lechuga, we cannot have pastel, nieve, or jugo de lechuga as far as I know. But we can have ensalada de Lechuga y tomate. How about that? That sounds good. Okay. So, the, the things that I want to end with um, on, on this food section for now, because as you can tell, there is material, just some food and beverages to cover, I don't know, what do you like, 10 podcasts or more? Yeah, I think so. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. But we're going to end with learning how to say or how to call the meals of the day. Okay? So, how do you call the breakfast? Desayuno. Desayuno. And that one is spelled D as in dog, E as in elephant, S as in Sam, Y as in yo-yo, U as in umbrella, N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar. Desayuno. Okay. Desayuno is eaten anytime from when you wake up. Of course, if it's more like five, six in the morning, right early, all the way until I would say before noon. Okay. Um, people in Mexico can eat, and you know what? And desayuno can be eggs, fruit, yogurt, but can also be gorditas, tacos. It's, it's very broad. You know what I mean? You can have a light breakfast like here. You can have a, a little heavier breakfast. So it's going to, you know, it's going to vary. And it doesn't have to be like bright early in the morning or like here, for example, that if you're eating at 11, it's already lunch. No. 
in, in Hispanic culture, and actually I think most of European places, especially that I know of in Portugal and Spain, for sure, you can eat breakfast all the way from 6 to noon. So desayuno, okay? Now, lunch or, you know, some people call it lonche, which is spelled differently, but the right way to say it is almuerzo. Almuerzo. A as an apple, L as in lorry, M as in Mary, U as an umbrella, E as an elephant, R as in Robert, Z as in zebra, O as in Oscar. I know, it's complicated. Almuerzo. If you cannot remember that one, just say lonche, which is the same almost as lunch, but it's, it has an O instead of a U. So L-O-N-C-H-E. Okay? But like I said, the right way to say it is almuerzo. But if you cannot remember that, just learn lonche, and it's the same thing. You, okay, it's just not as formal as almuerzo, right? Okay, so now the next one. Okay, so in Spanish, there is such a thing as an early dinner. Not everybody does it, but in smaller towns, many people uh, eat merienda. Okay, merienda is basically uh, a cup of coffee. Yeah, in the evening is very common, guys. Yes, you're going to see that. Um, a cup of coffee, a cup of uh, hot cocoa, um, glass of milk, you know, something like that with cookies or pan dulce or, you know, stuff like that. And just people see, talk, whatever. And most of people are, that's, you do that while the kids are doing the homework or while people are just talking and, you know, with the family and while somebody's cooking dinner for later. So merienda is spelled M as in Mary, E as in elephant, R as in Robert, I as in ice cream, E as in elephant, N as in Nancy, D as in dog, A as in apple. Merienda. Like I said, if you are not going to be performing this when you go on vacations because you're not going to change your costume, your, your, you know, your the way you eat, just because everybody, other people are doing it. But I still wanted to let you know, in case that, let's say you meet somebody on your trip, and then you go and looking for that person, and they say, oh, está, está en la merienda. Well, now you know this person is eating. You can say, okay, I'll be back in 10 minutes, because it's not going to be a long, a long meal. You know, it's something light. So if you hear merienda, you know what that means. Now, the last one is going to be dinner, which in Spanish you call it cena. C as in cat, E as in elephant, N as in Nancy, A as in apple. Easy. This is the easiest one of all. Cena. Okay? Cena. Cena. So this covers basically a few vegetables and, and fruits and then some of the foods that we learned last week. And then also how is that we name the meals. Okay? Now, um, before we start the, the second part of the episode, I just want to tell you, and I'm going to use the word cena as an example, okay? When you want to say, and this is kind of connected to the second part, when you want to say, I'm, say, eating dinner, right? And you say in Spanish, estoy cenando. So cena, and then you add the what it what it makes the ing in English, then it's going to be ando. Okay, so we're gonna use that as an example for the second part of our podcast. But I just wanted to tell you, if somebody calls you while you're eating dinner, you can say estoy cenando now, right? Ahora. So that's what you're doing, and just the 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 name of the meal is called cena, the infinitive. Uh, way of it would be cenar, okay? Which is, is the same, cena. You just put one R at the end, okay? Well, like I said, we have had um, uh, a bunch of people asking, and, and I can totally understand because it does make a big difference between or from English and Spanish. Uh, English being much easier than Spanish. And and uh, it can be complicated to identify when you are going to use this 
these words, okay? So I think we're going to go and, and jump into and see in what which circumstances is that we can actually use the, um, the these articles. And like I said, so let's start with the articles, okay? So we have definite and indefinite articles. And in Spanish and English, it's going to be the same concept. Let's have an example. Okay. The house. Okay. The house, you can imagine you are pointing at that specific house. Okay. Let's say, for example, the white house. You are pointing at that white house that is right there. Okay. And that would be la casa blanca or naranja or whatever color you want to think of. Right. Let's say la casa blanca. Okay, that is the same as if you were using the white house. Okay, that's definite. Why? Because you are specifying what house you are talking about. Okay, so what happens with a or or an, you know, a apple, an apple, right? Okay, so a house. It can be any house. Okay, it's like, what's there? A house. You know what I mean? But it cannot be, then you're not talking about a specific, a white house or your house or his house or a large house. It's just a house. It's not, it's not defined specifically what house you are talking about. Okay? So, for example, if I tell you in Spanish, Okay, so let's say, for example, that I tell you, okay, dame la silla or give me the chair. I'm telling you what chair I want. I'm pointing at it or somehow is the chair that is right there that you know. It's, we are talking about a specific chair, right? I can say, dame una silla, you know, because I am too short and I want to reach something. I'm not telling you what chair I want. Just give me a chair, whatever chair you find, right, that I can use. You see what I mean? Or I can say, quiero la casa. And I'm talking about a house that I already have in mind, that I have seen. You know, I want this house. I want the house. And I'm talking about one that I already know. I have an idea how it is, what color, all that. If I say, I want a house. I don't know what house I want. Quiero una casa. Quiero una casa. That's the house that I, I mean, I just, I'm just saying that I want a house. Una casa. I haven't seen it. I don't know what color maybe I want it to be. I don't know if I want it to be large or small, or it's just a general idea of a house. You see what I mean? So, the same example with an apple. Manzana. Now you know how to say manzana, right? So if I say the apple, I'm talking about this apple right here that I have in my hand, right? This apple right here. The apple. La manzana. Okay? Now if I say an apple or una manzana, it can be any apple. Any apple that is, you know, laying around or in the fridge or, you know, it doesn't matter what color or what flavor, if it's the green one, the red one, whatever. It doesn't matter. So basically, that's, I know that it probably still sounds a little ambiguous, but I hope that for you guys that send, you know, the, the messages and, and you wanted to understand when, think about it like that. If you use el, la, los, you know, las, you are talking about something that you already know what you are talking about. It's, it's defined, okay? Now, when you're using una, un and una, it's something that can, it's just a general idea of an object. It's not something that probably you have or it's, it's not your house or whatever. It's something just more ambiguous, more different. Now, I had told you in the past, and I was just thinking about it um, uh, last week, that uh, un in, in una is basically a and an, you know, an apple, um, a house. And I, I have said that I didn't think that we had a word in English that 
would be the plural. Well, I was thinking about it. So how about some? Some apples. Some cars. That would be kind of the same concept, okay? So say, for example, okay, una manzana, un carro. Unas manzanas, unos carros. Una manzana, an apple, right? A car. Unas manzanas, some apples. It's not the apples because that would be making it the apples that you're talking about, the apples that are in my fridge, bring them over, please, right? No, some apples. I want some apples. Quiero unas manzanas. You know, I don't have them here. I don't know which ones, but I want some apples. So think about it like that, and that's going to help you understand better that concept. Um, I I went, I came to that conclusion as I was studying for this um for this lesson, and uh, and same with uh, with masculine, right? Some cars, unos carros, unos carros, some cars. So same thing. Like I said, I I hope that this helped understand um the uh, the articles. And I hope that it's not you're no more confused. I hope that that, that helps. And if it does, then then just send, contact me again and tell me no. Give more examples, and I will do that. Okay. Also, I want to remind you. I haven't. I probably haven't said it in a while. I'm not a Spanish teacher, like a degree teacher. I I actually have a degree in publicity and marketing, and uh, and I love languages. I um. I love learning and, and learning about the cultural background of the, uh, you know, the places, countries, languages, and all that. And I love sharing with you um, the, the what I know and, and help you learn Spanish. As somebody that learned English as a second language uh, as an adult already, I understand the challenge that, that that could be. And I also understand that sometimes when you have to work and do all those things, it's hard to be able to go and sit in a classroom and learn all that when you can just listen to a podcast and pick up a word here and there, and you won't believe how fast you will start picking up more words and, and getting more into the language and learning much more, okay? So I just wanted to tell you that just so, so you don't forget. And... Now let's go to when to use, guess what? Yo soy, yo estoy. I think that one, that one is the one that I got more messages about, actually, guys. And, and I totally get it. Because in English, it's so easy. It's just I am. I am. You know, I am here. I am a woman. I am eating. It's the same, Right? And same with second person. You are is the same. Now, Spanish, let's let's talk about the difference and when is when you're going to use yo soy and when is when you're going to use yo estoy. Think about it this way. Soy, yo soy, is more something that is describing yourself, but also is something that more likely is not going to change. Life is has a bunch of different circumstances, but we're talking about a more likely, right? It's not going to change, okay? Yo soy Carla. I am Carla. More likely, I'm not going to change my name. So that, I'm going to say that. Now, yo estoy feliz. Do you remember that word that we learned? Yo estoy feliz. Okay. Yo estoy feliz means now, okay? Maybe two hours ago, I was sad or I was upset, right? And maybe in an hour, hopefully not, I'll be sad or upset, right? So when you say estoy is something, the more likely is going to change, okay? Also, think about the word when you're talking about um, estoy, okay? Think about the word place, okay? It's not going to be like 100%, but think about it because you can talk about place. Yo estoy aquí. I am here. Yo estoy here. I mean, estoy aquí, here, right? That can change. I'm here now. 
In 20 minutes, I'm probably going to be somewhere else. You see what I mean? So location, you know, like the word place, the L for location, right? Same thing. I am here. I am at school. Estoy en la escuela, right? Estoy en casa. But that can change easily, right? Okay. Now, um, so basically, when you're talking about soy, there are some things that, like I said, soy una mujer. More likely, that's not going to change, right? Soy, uh, let's say, for example, somebody that is a doctor, since we already know how to say that word. Soy un doctor. More likely, that's not going to change. You might retire at some point, but you're still going to be a doctor until the day you die because that's what you learn. That's your career, right? Even though you don't work on it, you're still a doctor, right? So that's when you use your soy. You're describing yourself, okay? Now, okay, let's think about the same situation, okay? Yo soy un doctor. I am a doctor. Now, yo estoy con el doctor. What does that mean? I came to visit the doctor for my doctor's appointment. Estoy con el doctor. I'm with the doctor, basically. That's the way you would translate it in Spanish. But you see the difference? We're talking about somebody that is a doctor. Yo soy un doctor. And somebody that came to see the doctor. Yo estoy right now con el doctor. What do you think? Do you think this is a little clearer? Don't worry, I have more examples, okay? We're going to talk about another one in a, uh, right now. So, for example, okay, if you say, um, yo estoy en Austin, like right now, right? I am in Austin. Now. Think about it like this. If somebody was born in Austin, right? Yo soy de Austin. You are from. That's not going to change. Even if you move to 27,000 countries around the world, you are, you are still from Austin because you were born in Austin. So yo soy de Austin. Or you can be visiting here and say, estoy en Austin. You see what I mean? That That's going to change because you're visiting, right? Okay. So that one, talking about, for example, action, thinking about the workplace, action. Remember that we talked about estoy cenando? That's another way that you're going to use estoy with. And it's always going to be in combination with the form I-N-G of the verb in Spanish, which in Spanish determination is ando yendo. I don't expect you to know all this because this we haven't covered. I'm just letting you know. When we're talking about what, be, what is basically the, the present progressive, something that is happening right now, okay? Estoy cenando. Estoy caminando, walking. Estoy hablando. I'm speaking. Now, that is going to be always estoy. Why? You got it. Because it's, it can change. More likely, it's going to change. I won't be eating dinner for the whole entire life, right? That's going to change. I might be speaking for my whole entire life. No, I'm just kidding. I won't. But you know you know what I mean. It's something that is more likely is going to change. And it, it, it is going to change action. And that's when you use estoy. Um. Now, also, you use this for um, emotions, like we said earlier, okay? Emotions. Estoy feliz. I'm happy. Now, okay? Now, can you use soy to say happy? Yes. But that would be a different thing, okay? Okay, so let's, let's think about it. I am happy. Yo estoy feliz. Ahora, ahorita, you know, at this moment. Now, if somebody, you find somebody that you haven't seen in years, right? And then they ask you, well, how is your life? You know, what is going on with your life? How are you? And then you say, 
soy feliz. Like, more or less, I have a good life. So I'm happy. And that means, in general, your life is a happy life. Then you can say, or how are you doing with your relationship? Are you happy with your relationship? You know what? Soy feliz. That means, in general, the whole thing, the relationship, I'm happy. That doesn't, that's hopefully is not going to end in five minutes, right? Because you're talking about your general relationship, okay? Now, um, somebody came, you're sitting on that table, and they brought you a big old piece of chocolate cake. Oh, my God, estoy, estoy feliz because you got me chocolate cake. You see what I mean? That's the difference, okay? When you use soy, is something that is going to, is describing you, soy, mujer, soy, you know, you can say, soy bonita, you know, I'm pretty. You can say, soy, you know, alto, tall. You, know, you can say whatever you want, describing yourself, but also, okay? Also, talking about stuff that is not going to change, okay? Like, you know, your, your name, you know, stuff like that. That's going to be soy, Okay? If we're talking about something that is going to change, like we said earlier, like emotional, like, okay, you can also say, estoy enfermo, right? Like, I'm sick. Remember, we, we covered that a few podcasts ago. Estoy enfermo. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be sick forever. It's just now. You know, I don't feel, I don't feel well. So, no me siento bien. Same thing, right? It's going to be kind of saying the same thing. Estoy enfermo. Estoy triste. But it's now. It's going to change. That's the good news, okay? And, well, basically, I was trying to, to use examples that actually we could kind of use with both, right? With, with soy and estoy, kind of like feliz, kind of like, like that. So that way you could have a better idea and a better understanding of when to use which one. And I think that you, I'm going to ask you, encourage you to try to use this. If you come across to any questions, please send me a message or post it on the Facebook group. If you do that, everybody can read it. And as you know, we have answers, people that answer and say, oh no, I think it's this way. I think it's that way. So that's pretty cool. We all help each other get better. Okay, so for today, my friends, amigos y amigas, eh, amigas, es todo. Es, that's it for today. I hope you all have a wonderful, a really wonderful week. I hope you um, you uh, make all your, your uh, goals and all your dreams and everything uh, real this week. And, um, and don't forget that we're going to be here again next week with another very interesting podcast that I think you're going to love, okay? Well, once again, thank you so much for um, spending this hour with us, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Hasta pronto. Adios. Adios.